Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm extremely excited for this show because, holy shit, do we have a lot of bad takes and a very fun show on the way. I'm joined by Evan Mateer, as always. Evan, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I've got my my uh, strong pour of bullet rye ready to go, ready to take down some takes. Dude, that's uh, I'm very jealous because, I, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm, I'm kind of losing my voice, so I should probably have grabbed a little bit of liquor, but... Uh, more important than any of that, my dude, uh, for the first time on the show, friend of mine uh, from Scouted Football, Jack Grimsey. Jack, welcome to the show, man. Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, thanks for having <laughs> me, guys. <laughs> we could do a live show. I think it'd be pretty funny. Uh, yeah, man, we're psyched uh, because... So um, I've followed Jack's work like forever, um, ever since like the beginning days of Managing Madrid, like... Uh, you know, you were writing for uh, 7,500 to hold SB Nation's Aston Villa blog, um, you know, for a, for a long time. And uh, I remember trying to base a lot of like, you know, kind of the style and uh, of, of the writing and the voice that we wanted in those early days of managing Madrid on you guys and uh, on We Ain't Got No History, right? The Chelsea blog that Graham Macri, another friend of ours, runs. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. Really happy to have you on the show. Yeah, I wish I uh well, it's in, impressive to be compared to Graham. He just moved to, what, like, really wine country in France. It's, like, amazing from oh what I've been seeing on Twitter. I'm extremely jealous of that shit, dude. It's so good. I, um, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of France, uh, we, have a, we have a huge amount of bad European takes today, guys, because some, like, a bunch of people decided to jump in and talk about uh, Mesut Ozil uh, this week. I don't know why. But in particular, my favorite my favorite uh, account on Twitter ever, uh, Registability. Uh, Registability, my, my boy. Guy, all right, you guys will probably remember him because he's the dude who, to- who totally unironically said that he thinks that the worst part about soccer is that uh, you have to <laughs> score goals to win games. And then if it were up to him... You know, a panel of judges were, would decide the winner based on which which side was more artful. It's the most like 
incredibly like taking himself seriously slash at the same time like sucking his own dick account out there he is the worst he's a great follow though uh and he had an amazing take about Mesut Ozil so what's going on with Ozil is that he uh clearly does not want to be at Arsenal everyone sort of knows that <laughs> and he's been kind of off and on off the bench all this stuff he's been sitting for a while uh, and he, <laughs> Mr. Registability, said, well, here's the thing, guys, quote, at a certain point, one of these journalists should ask why Ozil falls ill so often. Is it immunodeficiency? Munchausen syndrome? No one has the balls to ask during a presser. It's, <laughs> it's such a good <laughs> Let me, take. Re- Reggie Stability's got the balls. Here he is asking the hard questions. I mean, like this, this, I mean, this is the real question, folks. Like, is Ozil just, you know, actually really ill? I mean, like, to be fair, okay, like, let's, let's give this guy the most fair reading you could give him. Mesut Ozil doesn't look like a super healthy dude all the time. To be fair, right? Like, he's got a little bit of that, like, pale, uh, you know, like Habsburg inbred children face. Oh my God. Okay. All right. I'm not, I, I love measurements. <laughs> let's, be, let's be clear. But like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a little bit on the side of my man and just say, look, I kind of get, I kind of get where he's coming from, except for the fact that of course I don't, this is the stupidest shit ever. I mean, he gets sick a lot because he gets sick a lot. Like, some people get sick. And does he even get sick a lot? That's another question I have. Like, does anyone want to actually do the math on is he ill more often than other people? I have no idea if that's true or not. I know he doesn't want to play for this team, so maybe he says he's sick a lot. Right. Yeah, he's sick of Arsenal. He hasn't played in the – he hasn't been in a Europa League squad all season. Why would you want to play in the Europa League? Yo, yeah, dude has – I mean, like, it's not fucking immunodeficiency or fucking – the best part that, like, fucking he says he has Munchausen syndrome, which is the fucking disease that's not a disease. It's like when you're ill, you pretend to be sick so you can get attention from doctors. Like, why why would you say Munchausen syndrome? That's that's a fucking insane thing to say. Like, if anything, like, he's like – well, is it immunodeficiency? Does he have like fucking AIDS? I mean, is it Munchausen syndrome? That's just like you're you're searching around for like quote unquote diseases that you could put into a tweet to make yourself seem smart, which is just like the absolute fucking pinnacle of what this guy does. Like his whole shtick on Twitter is to make himself seem really, really smart. And people take him really seriously, as we're gonna see later when we talk about the next bat take after the series of shitty arsenal takes uh, it's like you just put the long words in or the the technical terms of a position from another language and people don't really know what the word means but they kind of do and they just read past it because it's twitter and yeah i guess some people think that's smart yeah exactly like if you have this kind of old school like <laughs> positional like you know, like, obviously we don't have like registas in the kind of normal parlance of like uh, 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 if you're watching a match. Right. So like anyone who like calls upon these like archaic football terms must be someone to take really seriously. I mean, let's be clear, Jack, the man does, to be fair to him, explain on his profile page that he is a, quote, fact based account. So, I mean, like, <laughs> how do I know you're going to say that? <laughs> I mean, like, to be fair, like, anyone who says that they're a fact-based account in their profile, like, you have to take them seriously. Like, they're, you know, they're a fact-based account. 
Uh, yeah. So I'm surprised he doesn't say, you know, explicitly that it's not hashtag fake news. <laughs> he really does hate fake people, though, to be fair to him. Um, so, Evan, there's another really good uh, take reg- regarding Mesut Ozil uh, and, and Arsenal. Uh, do you want to do you want to intro this one? Yeah, man. So this one is on Arsa blog. Um, and it, it's this, it's, so it's, it, it really combines our best bad take last week with our bad takes this week. So it's about Mesut Ozil and the basic premise is Ozil might look good on paper statistically, but actually real football men know better. Um, so this guy (laughs) has this guy, Mr. Guy, who's okay. So first off, he's, it's an incredible self own in his own bio. It's his name's (laughs) Graham Dugan. He says he was a youth prospect at Arsenal in the 70s who never quite made the grade. <laughs> no kidding, guy. But besides never making the grade, he thinks that he, his own eyes can tell him that Mesut Ozil just doesn't try hard enough. He just doesn't work hard enough. He's kind of like a luxury car, but he's not really reliable. And we should stop paying attention to such advanced statistics like assists <laughs> to try to determine whether or not Mesut Ozil is good because he's not knocking in goals and that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, that's true, man. That's why, you know, anyone who scores is better than anyone who does literally anything else. I mean, Jack, I mean, I think he also, didn't he also jump on, like, not just assists, but, like, key passes, which is a really important stat. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, he probably he probably looks at, the one study he probably looks at is uh, distance covered or uh, desire. I guess that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Oh, but, no, it's, it shows up in your gut, though. Well, you know what's funny is you he can says, you can just what, judge it by the eye, you know, just looking at it. That, that's that's what, how you know if someone's a good player. When he's complaining, when he's complaining about statistics, he says, "What are we going to measure next? Distance run?" Except we do measure distance <laughs> run. Like, and then by, by many analysts, it's considered to be the most useless statistic. I don't know if that's true. I think it's for individual I, players. It's useful, I but. No idea if it's useful or not. In fact, I, I actually probably agree with people who think it's pretty much useless and just shows a lot of try hard. But the point is just this guy's opinions to statistics is like an extreme variation of the resistance to advanced statistics. He doesn't want us measuring anything. Like he literally says nothing but what you see on the pitch with your own eyes and goals. Dude, and that's it. Dude, this is like soccer horseshoe theory. This guy is so against advanced stats that he's like come around to the other side and he's basically about to line up with the registability guy who's like, you know what the real yeah, problem yeah. with soccer is, is that they, they count goals. And this guy's like, yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. It's only about desire. <laughs> right. It's just instead of the beautiful pep game, you know, the, the, the Guardiola ball that that registability loves so much. You know, this guy just wants to see the classic English game where it's all grit and heart and blood and sweat. And right. that's definitely not Mesut Ozil's game at all. <laughs> Well, that that would bring back the maybe the WM formation. Then you have the halfback who would be the number five. That would be a regista, maybe. That is that the the kind of regista ability you need in Dude, the modern game. That's such a good point. <laughs> this is, I'm so into this. This is actual like real life soccer horseshoe theory coming around. Like there, I could not imagine two commentators more different than this dude and registability guy. And then actually they're basically making the same, the same, same kind of theoretical arguments. It's so good. But Jack, did you know that the WM formation actually did make an appearance this season in MLS? No, I did not. Hell yeah, man! Patrick Vieira <laughs> rolled it out with. Oh NYCFC. yeah, 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 yeah. On the on the tiny field. Yeah. 
<laughs> on the tiny field. Of course, okay, now it's coming back. Right, and like the the interesting thing is, I bet Rajiv Stability didn't even know that. So, because he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, no, but it's interesting Back. because like what we're talking about, right? Is like it's it, you know Arsenal's actually in this position right now where they've actually had a pretty solid run of form over the last few games, and for some reason now is the moment that everyone decided to go out and jump all over Mesut Ozil. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like everyone decided that now's the time to conclude that he's bad, actually. And it's not going to be so bad when they have to sell him for like $14 in the in January. Right. Yeah, to Barcelona. that. Why, why, why? They're not going to get any money for him. Right, because he has Munchausen uh, don't want to play an <laughs> ar- arsenal disease. The damage cuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's... Um, from Mr. Mesut Ozil, let's take a let's take a little jaunt over to um, talk a little bit about Manchester City. Now, in all seriousness, Jack, you wrote a pretty interesting article recently about how Manchester City is playing really well. Yeah, just uh, just yesterday after the Southampton match, it's funny I actually had it kind of done for how. Man City maybe aren't invincible, and then uh, and then they show that they are because Sterling scored in the sixth minute of a plus five in stoppage time. Yeah, and I don't know. I think I think that just is uh, it's the mark of of a championship side or a title winning side. And I think that arguably they you know have probably had the best form in all of Europe, maybe excepting PSG. Even though you know obviously PSG plays in a shit league, but like. They are a really good team and, you know, filled with really good players that are being coached by someone who is quite good. I mean, let's be clear. They also spent, you know, like half a billion dollars over the last couple of years to create this team for Pep. But that doesn't take away from the fact that they are, I think, I mean, probably going to win the EPL this season, at least, if not, you know, maybe do a do a continental double. Right. Like, it seems very possible. Yeah, no, it's definitely not out of the question. And what you say about France, PSG went out and bought Monaco's best player who helped eliminate City last year in the Champions League. Uh, I don't know, the, kind of the consolidation of power has really come to a few clubs. And like you said, they've spent a ton of money, but so have Manchester United. So why <laughs> right, they exactly. Um, I mean, and, and interestingly, Evan and I talked last week, right, about how I... Uh, about how the Arsenal people who are writing about how Tottenham actually has a ceiling are kind of owning themselves because uh, they were basically arguing that Tottenham's ceiling is is that they you know they 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 won't be able to spend that much money and then they were like well Arsenal on the other hand can spend lots of money and they showed this chart right they showed that Arsenal had over the last you know few years spent like hundreds of millions of dollars. And the only thing that Arsenal has really been able to do is finish fourth. So it's like Tottenham has a ceiling that we don't have because they don't have this money. And we have this amazing ability to spend hundreds of millions of dollars and finish fourth every year. Yeah. Um, the, the superpower of spending money badly. Exactly. Which, I mean, I guess does. So like it does give a little bit like it rounds off. In England. 
Well, it rounds <laughs> off the point with city a little bit, right? Because, okay, what's the common refrain? And it's exactly what I say all the time when people talk about city. It's like, oh, well, of course, you when you are able to spend 150 million pounds just on wingbacks, like, of course, you're going to be freaking good. But it does reinforce the point. You There is something to spending the money wisely. My my biggest problem and like the stuff that I, you know, wanted to talk about this week is just that like just the and it's it's completely predictable. But it's just the slurping of pep is absolutely <laughs> incredible. You know, there's these, you know, puff piece out pieces out there about how well he worked to bring the locker room under control and bring them back together and, you know, undo the damage from the from the Pellegrini area. Um, it, it's oh. just I mean, I guess that's true in a way by just buying a bunch more good players that are really expensive and not playing the really bad ones who are old. Right, exactly. And, like, no one is saying Pep is a bad manager, but, like, every – like, I don't know. If I, if I was at the beginning of a season and someone said, Gabe, like, what do you think the narratives this season are going to be? I would have said from the fucking beginning that everyone in England was going to talk about how Pep is the greatest coach ever just because his team is incredibly deep and really talented and they're probably going to win. So they're the best team in Europe. I mean, they're, like, give them credit. I think they're the best team in Europe. I, I, right I, now. I do right, right now. Right now. Yeah, right now. And they do um, deserve just, all the credit they're getting, right? Like, they yeah. do. But – the problem is that, like, the way that England has this ability to, like, you know, really puff themselves up, like, and, and all of the players that play there and all the media, you know, and all the coaches that coach there, you know, if they are playing really well and if one of their sides is the best in Europe, as City is right now, right, the English press is going to absolutely fall over themselves in conniptions about it. Just remember the way that the English press treated Mourinho when he was at Chelsea, like it was like absolutely absurd. Like, like they, they fucking nicknamed him. It's just awful guys. It's awful. But here's the thing. The interesting thing is that we're going to go back to our man, Registability because Registability <laughs> is basically the fucking personification of the English media, wherein he takes himself incredibly seriously and he has a huge ego <laughs> and his takes are fucking terrible, right? So in this case, it's my this is one of my favorite ever registability tweets, and it goes right along with uh, this whole idea of Pep being absolutely slurped by the media. But in this case, Registability said, and I quote, Pep admitted to watching four full Feyenoord matches on his laptop the Sunday before he faced them. I require six games to provide a full analysis, so I'm a few years off his level. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine fucking sitting at your computer and typing that shit into Twitter and then being like, yeah, send. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I watched no games of Feyenoord to uh, to try to evaluate them. So I guess I'm even for off, further off the mark. But good job for uh, for for good old RG. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, Jack, how many games uh, of uh, cities over and over again did you have to watch before you wrote your article? Um, not even the full one because I started watching the the what the multi match show whatever they're trying to do now that's like Bundesliga conference that 
NBC would like to emulate, but yeah. I don't know. It was staying on Liverpool the whole time, so then I just I switched <laughs> at halftime, and <laughs> then Southampton scored, and then City scored again, which prompted Regis' ability to log on, hit the caps lock, and type Sterling World Class. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing is from, but, from no, the. I don't know who you're going to evaluate Feyenoord against. Maybe I don't know. Ajax beat them four <laughs> one. I just, I really like the idea of this dude. Like, as, I, I don't know what's more pathetic. Like, whether it's this dude who takes himself incredibly fucking seriously and who, who like, tweets with no sense of, you know, self-awareness, like, comparing himself to Pep Guardiola and, like, you know, kind of favorably, like, I take six games, Pep takes four. I'm almost at Pep's level. And, like, to be incredibly fucking totally serious about it. Like, if you look at the replies, it's never someone being like, that's a funny joke, or like, ha ha lol. And it's always people being like, so what did you think about this player and this scheme? And then him responding really intensely about it. Maybe he does, though. I just imagine this dude like at a Starbucks with his MacBook Pro, like just watching game film with a little notepad, scribbling down notes really seriously, like on a Saturday afternoon. And then I feel a little bit sad. It's a bummer, actually. I mean, I don't feel bad for him, though. I do. Jack is a good point. Like he does like occasionally log on and, you know, yell about Manchester City like like he's a (laughs) fan right on top of everything else. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just an emotion, emotional moment. I don't know. It's funny, though. <laughs> I'm retweeting that. <laughs> yeah, you should, dude. Absolutely. Um, all right, so <laughs> that's basically our Europe segment. We had. Um, you don't want to have Martial to Real Madrid? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. All right let's do, yeah, that's, <laughs> let's that's do that dumb. one also. Let's it's do that dumb. one also. There's stupid. a very good, incredibly stupid uh, <laughs> ESPN report that uh, apparently uh, – Real Madrid. I can't. <laughs> I think it's Real Madrid. Think that the the move for them is to replace Cristiano Ronaldo with Anthony Martial, who they see as the quote long term replacement for Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> and I think like, someone accidentally left a FIFA 15 in in the PlayStation. <laughs> right. <laughs> someone left FIFA 15 in the PlayStation on manager mode and like simmed all the games to the point where Martial became like a 97. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, this was from their Yeah, yeah, that from- was FIFA, sorry, FIFA 15. He had he was 69 but had 87 potential. Nice. I mean, uh, so, like, this was from ESPN FC's Transfer Raider series, which is actually always a great farm for bad takes. They're always saying really, really stupid things there, so I recommend everyone check, check it out for a good laugh every morning. Yeah, actually, this is one of the places that Evan and I go for bad takes, and it's not even, like, I, I don't, I feel a little bad for the people who have to write it, because basically they're just aggregating all of, I think, all of the shitty back page tabloids, so they're like... Well, reports in England suggest that Real Madrid want to buy, uh, you know, fucking Anthony Martial's you know, cousin to replace Cristiano Ronaldo and Gareth Bale, who they're going to sell to fucking Swansea. Like, 
And and like that's fucking the son saying that, right? Or whatever. Like just making some absolute bullshit up. And like I feel a little bad because like they have to have their name attached to absolute nonsense, right? Like Well, I think I think these articles are per curium. There's no actually actual journalists attached to it, and maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah, no, that's totally that that if that's true, then I don't like that's yeah. perfect. Like the, the yeah. computer might as well make like these fucking articles sometimes they're like well reports in Spain say that like Gareth Bale like fell down the stairs while he was like high on coke at a club and like no he didn't like he just he didn't so like but dude what yeah, no it's dumb dumb balloon and ass with like the one word the one sentence articles you know yeah yeah, yeah but, like a but what for a link and then but what that what... goes past through the like the Scottish Mirror or the <laughs> yeah the like Wolfsburger Vokenzeitung or you know like Yo, actually <laughs> I have a, I have a story about something basically like that. Do you know who um Graham Hunter is? He's um a journalist who covers Barcelona or less especially like in the in the Pep era covered Barcelona right when managing Madrid was getting started. And he went, so I, I was just like following this, my side and like I was just doing my normal like roundup and I was like looking around and I fucking Google and I, I, I see this article pop up that says Irish radio colon Graham Hunter says that all of Barcelona's players are doping. And so I was like, what the fuck? Oh. And so like I go and I listen to it and like he, they ask him a question and he's like, yeah, Xavi. Uh, is going to Germany where he's going to be injected with this shit and he's going to have all this other stuff happen to him. Yeah, and then horse the, placenta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horse, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then fucking the guy on Irish radio is like, yo, that that sounds like doping. Like, I don't think that's okay. And Graham Hunter's like, well, I don't know if it's doping. And then, like, the guy's like, but do you, I mean, like, is this a normal thing that people have? It's like, well, look, if it is doping, then it's not good. And so I fucking reported that shit. And Graham Hunter, I swear to God, cussed me out in my Twitter DMs. He fucking found me. And he was like, you can't fucking publish this bullshit without like asking me for a comment. You're ruining my career. No one will speak to me. And I was like, it, how the fuck is my <laughs> stupid, like, fucking American Real Madrid blog, like, hurting your chances of fucking get, like, you fucking said it, you fucking piece of shit, like. You say, I'm sorry, you found out the definition of what that meant on air? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly, right, like, you fucking said it, I have a fucking recording, you piece of shit, I just, it was, like, literally a transcript. Uh, and he was, like, saying shit, like, these people won't speak to me anymore because of something that, like, my stupid, like, and that was, like, Managing Madrid wasn't getting more than, like, you know, 20,000 hits a month at that point. Like, <laughs> Managing Madrid, it, like, was nothing. It was a piece of shit, like, cute little fun thing that I was trying to get off the ground. Like, oh. Uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> what was in 2010? But that's that's too bad because you know, like getting back to that ESPN FC piece, it's from Football Whispers, which actually is pretty accurate at times. Like right now, they're they're most likely one is Yaya Toure to New York City FC, which seems like it could be yeah, totally. Bang that, on, makes but totally. I think, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But I think they have to pick uh, the clicky ones, you know, into today's headlines. Right, and like literally anything with Cristiano Ronaldo is going to drive a shitload of traffic to. Yeah. Uh, well, to I mean, them. my favorite thing is the one to five rating that they give to it. That actually is literally my favorite part. Oh yeah, hell is, yeah, I love that. Is is not just the narrative summary like, oh, this. I actually, you know, I appreciate the narrative summary. That's good. It tells me. Yeah, what you can make your own conclusion is. from that. You know. Right. 
But like the one to five where like one is unlikely, three is a good chance, five is a done deal is just amazing. I have no idea what it means. I would love if someone took the time to tell me how many of the three rated (laughs) transfers actually happen when they're supposed to be a good chance. But I doubt many. Well, my favorite one. Go ahead. Maybe you could have like three interns and track what. (laughs) <laughs> what happens there's you know, okay well, i'm officially you just hire for a month the, a lot, the transfer windows and they yeah. look at the data and then you know there you go and you can extrapolate from that i mean like you can create an x you know transfer window transfer <laughs> yeah expected transfer yeah right exactly yeah, and then you, you can have a lot of old like angry british people yell at it yell at you about it on air on sky it's perfect i'll tell you when there's no, an expected think... transfer when there's a contract signed <laughs> I really think you're onto something, though, because you could add in the fact that if the club got a new manager, a new coach that can multiply, you, maybe you couldn't expect one player to transfer, but you could expect uh, how many players a team will sign in the window. Oh, I mean, based, like, there is, in theory, a way to, like, write, like, to, to create what if like, an, a stat what if an out, that would I mean, be predictive of when maybe... a team, right, would, would go out and get people, right? Or like yeah. an algorithm that could measure buzz of a trans individual transfer on the internet and see if there's any correlation between the amount of buzz that there is out there and the transfer actually happening. Dude, I totally, I would love to see that. But we need to move on. I'll, I will say this. I think my um, the Anthony Martial to Real Madrid because he's as good as Cristiano Ronaldo. I rate that uh, transfer one point two seven. Um, well, they have it as a just so you know two point six, <laughs> which is just below good chance. Holy shit, Jesus! That is a that is an insane. That's insane. No, and here's the thing. You know why that's insane? Because I haven't seen it in any of the stupid Spanish gossip rags, and I read those every day. That's <laughs> well, maybe why that's insane. why it's going to happen. No, because. <laughs> Those guys print fucking anything. Like I, I actually know a lot of the editorial. I don't think there practices. are laws in some places, honestly. No, they just make that you know. shit up. I know. Th- I actually know that for a fact. Also, I also know that they <laughs> they are so incredibly biased against certain players that they literally make shit up. Like he went out to the club, or like he beats his wife, that kind of stuff. It's terrible. Spanish. I fucking hate the Spanish press so much, dude. And they also. All right, here's a story that, that my friend Keon told me, you know, my, my co-host on the Managing Madrid podcast. M- apparently, the fucking guy who does Marca English basically just hi- like doesn't pay any of the writers he hires and fucking pockets the budget that he gets. And so what he'll do is, like, bring in writers and say, yeah, 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 we'll give you, like, you know, you, we'll give you a budget and we'll, we'll pay you by the article. And then he fucking doesn't pay them and you have to fight with him to get any money at all. And then he fires you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so <laughs> I know I uh, I'm saying I'm you know I'm a bit hot I'm a bit hot but that that fucking infuriates me. Treat your writers better. Um, American but, football. Yeah, American exactly. soccer. Um, much more. <laughs> there's a lot of dumb shit here too, folks. Um, all right, so let's start. <laughs> let's start with the actual roundup of what happened. Uh, last night, Toronto beat Columbus, uh, one nothing. So Columbus was eaten by their exact transfer strategy or their exact strategy where they didn't allow an own goal, but they also or a away goal. And then they failed to score an away goal. So got to score, man. Like you're going to pull it off. You got to score. Got to score to win the match. What else? What is, I mean, what else is there Seattle. to say? Not everyone can be Seattle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. What if they do that again? God. <laughs> I mean, Seattle is playing Houston tonight. We'll see. 
Uh, all right. So, but here, here's okay. So here's um, you all may remember that on the last show we dunked on Michael Bradley because he said some bullshit about uh, about Columbus and about how like oh you know I feel bad for like the small number of loyal Columbus fans uh, who are <laughs> who are really supporting the team. Uh, they had lustily booed him every time he touched the ball, which I, Evan and I, we, we said, fucking fair, it's fair. Uh, and so <laughs> the Toronto, ex-Toronto, I think, owner, I don't even know exactly who the fuck this is, Tim uh, Lewicki, I don't know. Anyways, he <laughs> he is infuriating, folks. And he, uh, so here's his quote about this. Uh, ter- uh, uh, uh so <laughs> in the Toronto Sun, he says, uh, uh, it is totally unfair and ridiculous the way that the Columbus fans treated Michael Bradley. And uh, I got to tell you guys, <laughs> it is neither of those things. Neither of those things. I mean, I mean, my favorite part of the quote actually comes a little later, which is this is the, this is the epitome of an athlete you want to put on a pedestal one who fucking loses. Yeah. Like one who's a complete and utter failure in probably the most important part of his career, which, you know, for someone playing in MLS, I think it's fair to say is actually his U S men's national team role is a failure fell flat on his face. Captain of a team that completely underperformed. Like that's who's on a pedestal. (laughs) That's the guy. That's your man. Right, Jack, and you can tell we're a little bit hot about still about the U.S. men's national team um, taking a dive against Trinidad. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know how that can be explained. Still, honestly, but it's I don't know. I think the whole qualifying campaign was pretty bad, and if he is the captain of that team, you know, kind of like kind of reflects like he, on him. Yeah, he's got to own it, right? I mean, that yeah, was yeah, our yeah, thing yeah, with exactly. all, that was the thing he, with us him being booed. Like, don't complain about being booed. Like, you got to own it. He's going to be booed at any MLS stadium, right? Like, yeah. It's not it's just Columbus. Fans, it's USA fans, and since it's in the USA, you could probably assume it's probably fair to assume. I think I don't know. You could have been subjected to boos. Yeah, as he should have been. God damn it! Like, god damn it. it! It was like, and and Evan, you you had the point right that it was like the first time he had been, or like really recently. Uh, the maybe the third time he'd been on a pitch since the U.S. Yeah, national like, team lost. Like, what do you expect from people? Like, first of all, you're at an opposing team stadium. Like, they are supposed to boo you. Like, literally, that is what happens. And second of all, it was he hadn't even been that much time. Like, maybe maybe next season in the middle of the regular season, like maybe maybe booing him is a little aggressive. But like. In the playoffs, uh, like really after, really recently after he single, like not single handedly, but like fucking ate it during a during one of the most important games in U.S. men's national team qualifying history. Oh, you well, that, so that's shit the, out of him. That's the crucial point, Gabe. Like, so this guy, the heart of this guy's quote is, "Oh, he wants us to have some perspective on Michael Bradley right now." And like, there there will be a time for like perspective on his career, and it's not like a month after they shat out of the World Cup. Like in a few years, when Michael Bradley is retired, we can evaluate and be like, okay, he was an important player for some good parts of it. But fuck that right now. Right now, right. he is the face of the team that has us 
not watching the U.S. in 2018, and so he can get booed. And he's the best player on Toronto, and I think the captain of Toronto, and he's playing in another team's stadium so he can get booed. Also, he's a complete douche nozzle so he can get booed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm glad he got booed, especially given what he said about Columbus after the match. Like, goddamn. Like, and, and the idea that it's ridiculous and unfair is, like, absolute nonsense from this guy. Uh, and, and speaking of this guy, uh, Evan... We, <laughs> this is this is actually maybe my favorite um, bad take of the day, other than that registability one from earlier. Uh, so Sports Illustrated went ahead and wrote a list. Uh, speaking of you know the U.S. Men's National Team of the World Cup, and that's why we're not watching them. Um, Sports Illustrated did a list for Thanksgiving of the quote turkeys of the year. So. Yeah, whoever wrote it had too much turkey because there were about seventeen typos in it. <laughs> but it had no author. I'll say that. I'll say that because there was no author, you know. Right. No. Good point. And there's no like. Is there no editor? Either? Come on, guys. Like, get your shit together. This is an embarrassment. And on top of any of that shit, their third of twenty-one turkeys, uh, the U.S. men's national soccer team, which of course, guys, totally fair. They fucking ate it, and it's an embarrassment. But, uh. This person, whoever the hell wrote this, said, uh, shout out to Fox for paying $200 million for an event nobody in America is going to watch. Okay, so this is a great, great example of a terrible take because it's both actually just totally wrong, but it's also like... Totally wrong for like various. It's totally reasons. racist. And right, exactly. There's, there's more. I think there's more Mexican both, fans, fans yeah, of the I mean, Mexican national team in the U.S. than there are of, of the American right, team. Right. So like, I mean, do, you, do either guys want to take a guess? That people won't just watch the World Cup. Which, if you looked at the fucking European Cup, fucking two summers ago, tons of people watched that. So like, not only is it crazy racist to assume that just because a stupid American team won't be there, no one will watch. It's also empirically untrue. Yeah, so first off, there are 36 or 37 million Mexican-Americans, and the last time I checked, Mexico did bother to actually show up in qualifying and qualify for the World <laughs> Cup, and they're going to be there, and I can't wait to root against them. That's going to be fun, and that's why you know one reason I'm going to watch, but a lot of those Mexican-Americans are going to watch because they're Mexican fans first, and you know, fair play. They're going to watch a team that actually is good. Um, and then besides <laughs> that, like, a lot of American soccer fans watch the Euro Cup. They watch, you know, you know, Copa America. They watch other tournaments the U.S. doesn't play in that are good tournaments. They're going to watch the Confederations Cup, and they're going to watch the World Cup. Now, to the extent that this comment isn't completely ludicrous, like Fox did, is screwed by this because I think they're. I, I look, it's undeniable. Ratings are going to be down. I think. Um, I don't think there's any question of that. It's just the way they're characterizing it as no one's going to watch is completely ridiculous. There's still going to be a right. lot of people watching. It's just not going to be the audience that Fox thought they were buying. Right. But regardless, like to say that no one is watching is to totally just and it's just continues this pattern, right, of American ignore. soccer yeah. writers to ignore the fucking Latin American part of this country. Like, look at I mean. Look at the way that the, the the MLS like the MLS sells its playoffs. Like they the you know we we know for a fact, for example, that MLS actually gets tons of ratings on the Spanish language channels when they allow ML when they sell MLS games to those channels. But MLS doesn't sell any playoff games until the final to the Spanish language channels. 
It's just ridiculous. It's just, and this is whole pattern of assuming that the American team is like the only team anyone watches, when in reality, like maybe in Italy, it actually is going to be a little bit more of an issue. But in this country, people really identify with a lot of different teams. Like when you ask, for example, a lot of people say, hey, like, you know, where, like, who, like, tell me about yourself. People will say, one of the first things they'll say is like they'll describe their heritage because in this country, right, people actually really are connected to where their family is from. So most people who care about soccer have a second team. So Evan, for example, you will be rooting for England, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. Right. And my family, I mean, like I'm Spanish, right? So half Spanish, half American. So yeah. I will be rooting for Spain. It's not that well, complicated, well, folks. And in qualifying, I was really pulling for both Northern Ireland and Ireland because my family has Irish heritage. And so I was really excited to, uh, you know, to pull for those teams through World Cup qualifying. So, you know, obviously, I think that that's very true. I also but I, I think at the same time, I mean, it's, it's worth this. This take is worse because like the the really bad part about it right is is how racist it is right but, that's the, so it's bad because it ignores such an important segment of the american soccer population which is a which as you says an endemic problem with how we cover soccer we treat latin american fans <laughs> as a very distinct group from the whole rest of soccer fans. There's like white soccer fans and we're very concerned whether or not white soccer fans are watching <laughs> soccer or not. And then there's Hispanic soccer fans who are always right. watching soccer and you just take it for granted and kind of ignore them. Like that's why this tweet's so bad. It's not like if they had phrased it differently and said, oh, Fox is going to be unhappy because their ratings are probably going to be lower because you're not going to have the big, the huge nationwide event that um, U.S. versus Germany was, or U.S. versus Belgium was, like that would be tech, you know, correct, and you so you could nuance this take right. and make it better. It's just that the way they did it, all or nothing, it explicitly ignores all the people who will be watching the World Cup because they have heritage teams that are playing in the World Cup. Right. Yeah. Or even, I mean, even going back to MLS, you look at Houston Dynamo's roster, and there's what four four Hondurans, and what well, I, I mean, like they have one one Panamanian, and those countries are going to the World Cup. Well, right, the, the, the whole the whole Panamanian exactly. team that beat the U.S. World Cup, like all those good players play in MLS, which is kind of a yeah, yeah, yeah. Team. MLS is a huge Concacaf league. That's what everyone's well. M about. We oh, talked about this. more Americans in MLS. I don't yeah. know if you did this take, but it was a bad one oh, after yeah. uh, after Italy was that yeah, uh, oh, Italian that, yeah. that Serie A needs to ban foreigners or. I don't know. Italy needs to ban. Yo, I heard a version of that in the United States also, Jack. Yeah, well, we did the Italy take game, but we also talked about right after the U.S. missed that, you know, MLS has made CONCACAF better. Like, there's no question. I think that the MLS has raised the quality of playing CONCACAF. And it's just that specifically the U.S. players haven't kept pace with the Panamanian or the Costa Rican or the Honduran players. And yeah, because they're going to college. Right. Right. They're going to college. And it's, and it's the, terrible. The white kids are going to college. And I think you're absolutely right. And so, you know, MLS has helped raise this, raise the level of competition for the U.S. without making the U.S. national team better, which is part of the you know, whole problem. And we talked yeah. about that right after the U.S. missed. That's kind of why I am rooting for Mexico at the World Cup, because I'll be hoping they do very well. I mean, they're obviously not going to win it. That's not possible. But I'm just, I'm just I, too hope, I hope they it. get to the quarterfinals or something, because then people say, oh, the, the U.S. needs to wake up because I mean, Hell for yeah. whatever 
reservations to be as good as Mexico, they need to raise the standard. Yo, I agree with that, actually. I'm, I, I know I'm not as quite as uh, into the tribal shit with the United States men's national team as you are, Evan. But I, so I will also <laughs> exactly the same reason. But I, on top of all this, it all it plays into like guys to that the same exact issue that we had when remember uh the the the, the complaints and, and the shit people were saying when the the men played against i think it was costa rica in new york and everyone was like or or it, it was right costa rica and like yeah, yeah, yeah it was, yeah, costa it was rica, a rebel arena right and like people freaked out about how the fact that lots of costa rican people showed up to the match and it's like yeah dude like we have a, and like it's just this whole pattern of just forgetting that actually a lot of people love this sport in this country it's just that the way that we tend to talk about it is always like discounting those people <laughs> yeah uh, so, all right, last MLS thing before we jump into what is going to be a real treat, folks, which is the uh, Alexi Lawless album. Uh, the last one I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, MLS has announced their, uh, <laughs> their four finalist expansion cities, and amazingly... And Columbus is not among them. Amazingly, <laughs> A... <laughs> <laughs> Columbus, Ohio is not one of them. And also it's gonna have to wait till the next round, you know. <laughs> but also San Antonio isn't one, right? And that's another part another part. It's almost like they think somewhere uh in uh, uh central Texas might actually get a team soon. Uh so the, the the four spots are Nashville, Sacramento, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Uh, the Cincinnati one to me is a real fucking smack in the face to Columbus. But like the real smack in the face is San Antonio really wanted a team and they're really upset about the way this whole thing is shook out with the, with the crew. Uh, and the fact that they're not even in this round of finalists should indicate just another nail in this huge panorama of shit regarding, uh, the way that this shit has been going down with 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 Columbus, right? If you look at like San Antonio, I, I mean, like one of the first articles. So uh, we're starting me and 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 uh, Elizabeth Contignola, a friend of ours, and you know her, uh, Jack, probably on Twitter. She she tweets as uh, Milanista Esquire. She's a lawyer in Canada. Yeah, we're part starting. of unusual efforts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, which is a great site. I loved that site. Um, so we're starting a new uh, website ourselves uh, called Ballon Dorder <laughs> with uh, a column that's going to be actually uh, syndicated in, in Howler. Uh, and we, so <laughs> one of the first things we're going to do is write an article about whether San, the city of San Antonio has a claim against uh, against MLS because uh, basically there's a whole paper trail about how MLS basically told San Antonio over and over again that no, it's okay. Like we're not sure that, you know, you, you totally should apply. We don't think if, uh, that Columbus is coming to, uh, to Austin and all this shit when at the same exact time, they're basically negotiating the relocation of the crew to Austin knowingly telling San Antonio to pay their filing fees for, uh, for for all this shit and 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 apply anyways. It, it is it is fucking disgusting the way uh, MLS and uh, the pre court fuckers <laughs> have treated this entire situation. Yeah, yeah, it's re it's really unfortunate. 
And it just goes to show you that the United States is so big. It's too big to have <laughs> a domestic league of 20 teams like that and not give teams a, a, a free opportunity to move up. It's funny that how it's like everyone in in America praises capitalism and then the league controls the players that can get sold and what teams can go into the league where in Europe it's like a free market. Yo, it's, it's such a good point. I, this is a take it's, that uh, um, it's really, yeah. really opposites that we have, uh, that well, Gabe, Gabe and I have talked about this over the years, just ad nauseum, but the difference between, you know, kind of the very controlled American sports economics world and the much more freewheeling, uh, European market and how that contrasts with the domestic economic policies. It's definitely a fascinating um, kind of departure, I think, in both cases um, that some sociologist somewhere should probably write something about. Yeah, it'd be a cool documentary, too. Yo, Evan, just because you and I have talked about it and like drunkenly in bars loudly doesn't mean that like. <laughs> oh, I almost got in a fight with this guy about pro rel. I think at a bar last year doing the um. The NCAA Final Four that Yo, was at the Dynamo people take Stadium this shit a... so seriously in this country. One of the least pleasant things to do is get into a Twitter fight about this. No, uh, that's oh, only you the can't f- even defend pro well because of how bad some of the people are on Twitter. Exactly, it's really sad. It's first, really sad so, because... so literally day one when I came back, so I kind of started my Twitter back up again this year when we started this podcast because I had fallen out of it for a while. And the first thing I did was dive into a pro rel argument that actually was on an Alexi Lawless post ha! in the responses to an Alexi Lawless post. And I was actually all, like moderately on the anti side, like maybe it's not the right time for it. Maybe the league's not ready for it. And I just got torn to pieces. It's un- But it's you do it on either side. You hit the wrong people and, and you just get flamed. It's unbearable. I think it's the worst political debate of soccer twitter you know that that kind of a thing but i, I don't know I this still get notifications of people liking the responses oh. to my tweet to this day it's been like four months and i'll still get notifications like weekly and of course it was on an alexi lala's tweet that guy's social media presence is a fucking nightmare uh which which brings me uh uh <laughs> which brings me to time to talk about Alexi Lalas, folks. He is, um, uh, you all know him. Um, I'm not going to even, we don't even need to describe him. He was obviously, he was a U.S. men's national team player in the 80s or 90s. Uh, he was fine. Um, and he was part of that generation of people who, like, really worked to get the game kind of popularized in white American, you know, kind of general pop culture. Uh, and he, you know, he was really pushing the boundaries of where the game could go. Uh, and now <laughs> he is taking he's done a lot on... for American soccer. It's it's undeniable. Oh, his yeah. hair was he great in the nineties. I'll say, yeah, I'll say it was good. I mean, his hair by itself like did a lot for American soccer. To be quite honest, yeah, yeah. You just need some brand recognition. Exactly. And he's done a lot for gingers <laughs> in this country, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. Like he's really represented that group of people well. So you know, good for him on that. Hey, don't don't knock on don't compare you know, don't say that for all gingers. My my fiance is a redhead. I mean, she's not a ginger, she's a redhead. Um but here's here's what I also say. Alexi Lalas, despite all that shit, he has become one of these people that basically says now that, that <laughs> he's one of these people that has become a, a, a person who just basically says everything's fine. We don't need real changes, everything's good. Uh, which is fascinating for the transformation from him because he wasn't that kind of dude even a few years ago. But now suddenly it's like, 
yeah, everything's good. We don't need like we don't need to work on like youth development. Like his big thing recently was he got into a big fight on Twitter with uh, 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 people saying like, oh, like, you know, what name one person who like didn't get a chance in American soccer. Uh, oh, you can't do it. Well, then you're wrong. It's like the, he, his whole shtick was like, no, we don't have a development problem. We don't have a pay to play problem. Uh, and, and his argument was so embarrassing for him because it fucking, it was, it was so bad. And like, he was, because it's like, if you think even five seconds about that shit, name one person who didn't get a shot or who didn't make it because of pay to play is an incredibly stupid argument. I, I did not get a shot. <laughs> I never made it. And they don't know that because I didn't make it. Yeah, Maybe you should write point. for our blog. I should probably write for Ars blog. <laughs> you should definitely go write. I for didn't. Ars I did blog. not make the grade. I didn't quite get to the second division in England, but I also did not make the grade to play for Arsenal. It's a good Me point. too. Me too. Did not make the grade. Yikes! Yikes, Evan. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean it that way. I actually it, it registered with me the second I said it that I accidentally parroted the social media campaign for sexual assault. I apologize. That's not what I meant. Yeah. I also did not make the grade. There. Right. Well, here's the thing, man. Here's what I did. I, I did make the grade. And here's the thing about me. I decided that instead of any of that, like I was given a big shot, I was going to be a big um, U.S. men's national team player. And instead, I decided to move to Europe, take some coaching classes uh, and uh, study the history of the game. And um, I made a Twitter account. I've got about 20,000 followers. And now, you know, I, it only takes me about six games to watch. <laughs> To, uh, to develop a full analysis. And that's only two games uh, more than Pep Guardiola. But, so hey, hey, Gabe, you know what you could do if you don't make the grade as a soccer player is you could always stop playing soccer and start being a bad adult alt-rock band lead singer instead. Exactly. All right. So let's, Tell let's, me more. Let's, let's <laughs> discuss this a little bit more. Uh, so um, uh, I found out recently, and apparently... Um, I've never, I have not seen it. I, I swear to God, I've not seen anyone discuss this, Jack. But apparently, Alexi Lalas has a passion for adult contemporary alt rock um, to the extent that he is the lead singer and frontman uh, of a band that bears his own name. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else in the band gets any credit, but I don't think he plays other instruments. No, I, I mean, I don't even know if he plays any <laughs> instruments. Like I, I, did see, I saw a YouTube video where he was playing an acoustic guitar, so it's possible he plays guitar in some of these. Okay, oh, so okay. Yeah, yeah. here's what we're going to do. You oh, will... here, here. I, I, I just I googled Alexi Lawless music, and if I scroll all the way down, it says Alexi Lawless at Alexi Lawless Twitter. Yeah. Check out my new album, hashtag shots, dot, dot, dot. Or don't. So maybe people just decided to. Yeah, I mean, he did don't. give them a pinned, choice. <laughs> I guess it's a pinned tweet from May 2016. Yeah, he did give them a choice. 64 retweets. Yeah, well, that's how I found about it, man. I went to his site because I was so angry. I was going to rage tweet at him uh, for. Uh, uh, I was going to rage, rage tweet at him for making that stupid argument. Uh, and, then his, and then I went to his site. <laughs> And I saw this fucking tweet about his band, which is the most embarrassing shit ever. Like, he has a couple, a couple hundred thousand followers, and he's pinned a tweet for about a year now 
and it basically has not gotten any interaction and it's just sat at the top of his thing it's a huge own like if you have 200,000 followers and you pin a tweet and it only gets 60 interactions really <laughs> yeah yeah no i would never pin a, a tweet i don't think i i pinned a tweet actually that I was trying to fight Alexi Laos with because it was right after he said something about the the Wunderboy, I don't know, Pulisic. <laughs> and then when Scouted says, I said, Pulisic's the best American. Um, fight me. And I don't know, he didn't respond. But it only had like one retweet. But yeah, usually I wouldn't put up a, a pin and tweet yeah, with but that. Dude, but you're also I was just doing some with quick, fucking 200,000 followers. I mean, my, my man's album on Spotify gets somewhere around 300 plays per month. No yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's even way less. That's only 0.1% of his followers. I was thinking yeah. if 1% of his followers bought the album for 990, well, before the whatever other cut is taken, that's still 38,000. So it's like, yeah, some easy cash, but maybe I'll make a CD, but, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, that uh, is. I mean, look, I have a whole series of scams. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we're yeah, here, yeah. We're going like to talk about, like, his about album, Shot. Uh, it's shot with, with not plural. Anyways, it's um, oh, it is shot. Shot. Okay, so uh, yeah, so I listened. To, I listened to this whole album on YouTube. I've listened to it twice now, and each song has about 150 <laughs> listens of plays on YouTube, which is real bad, folks. Really, really bad. Uh, and Do you I think th Michael Bradley's listened to it. Well, that's the question, right? Like, I mean, the way I mean, I wonder if I bet. Here's the thing: I think we should try to get Christian Pulisic to listen to it, just because of the shit that Alexi Lalas has said about that dude. And like, like any time, like he shits on Christian Pulisic, instead of responding like, "Well, fuck off," he should just be like. Your fucking music is terrible. No, no, you should just play it in the background of his Insta story and just put a stupid emoji or something, you know. Like, <laughs> no one would get it, I guess. Uh, no, because no one has listened to it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because he was sitting down with Josie after the game last night, and I was like, this is going to be pretty awkward for him because I don't know who the tattooed millionaires that he ranted at were. I guess Pulisic because it was revealed that he had tattoo. 100% Josie, though. Then, yeah. Yeah. It's like a... You know, but then Josie's sitting next to him. What if Josie would say, hey, what about um, your shitty fucking album? <laughs> yes, sir, where did I put the, the script? What about American Outlaw? <laughs> what about could, Paper Crown? <laughs> only the best? Does that mean could we talk, the person could, that scored in 180 minutes in this two-legged tie? Could, could we talk about <laughs> Angel? Could we, could we talk for Alexi for a second? You know, I'll answer your question, but first, could we talk about Angels with Angles? <laughs> Yeah, Angels with Angles. Yeah, that Angels, was the kicker, the last Angels one. Angels with Angles is the best title on the entire album by far because it is it's incomprehensible and stupid, but it also is like an oblique kind of weird soccer reference because like everything. Yeah, yeah, it's like Angels in the outfield, but then you think of like a Uzo playing the triangle ball. Sorry exactly. to, to cut you off. <laughs> Angels in the midfield. <laughs> yeah, Angels yeah, but the, we have a episode title. There it is, dude. Yeah. So Angels. then, then you just to tie it all together, you have Ozo who he doesn't oh, score point. and he doesn't have desire, but he so plays great angles. Bill for that, but he plays really pretty. So there, yeah, he has Ozo has that stability. Yo, check it out. I think that Ozo's <laughs> actually gosh. just been dead this whole time, and uh, this <laughs> song is about him uh, as a tribute. Uh, okay. So, uh, I, so let's talk quickly. The genre of this oeuvre is, um, 
I think it's my so my kind of view of this was this this album sounds like the kind of shit that uh, the character Andre from the league would play in his car. So oh I, yeah, no, that's such a great point. Right? Like this is the kind of remember that episode where they like they're driving in Andre's car and like the they have the monkey in the back seat and they just like turn on the music and the monkey has a fucking meltdown and throws itself <laughs> out the window. That's like this this music is that basically. So I think that this is just like a shitty version of adult, like contemporary alt rock kind of, I'm thinking like Goo Goo Dolls or Matchbox 20. Like it's a worse version of that. You would have, you know, a, a an excruciatingly white, excruciating middle-aged, you know, listening group if it was good. Yo, it, it, it sounds like the, the, like this album First of all, every every song basically sounds the same. Like I actually had a hard time telling each one apart. Um, and on top of and on top of that, it just so here's another thing that it was reminding me of is like there are a lot of like shitty teen movies that were released in the in the '90s, and like this album could easily be just like the whole soundtrack to like one of those yeah, just teen background movies. music of it, you know? Yeah, like straight to I DVD. Well, Nickelodeon well, and the thing is like. Movie. All the themes are like super fucking teen angst band too. Like this album, like I listened to this thing twice and I did it for our loyal listeners. I went through that. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, I only like, did it once. It's like <laughs> so the the three themes I pulled out of this, it's a lot about being alone. Yep. It is a lot about having a lover who you feel like you're not good enough for and you're trying to convince you are good enough for them. And Uh-oh. but you can't, and so you're alone. And it is a lot about like past glory. Now, I guess this is the non teen part, the more middle aged, like nostalgia part. Yeah. It is a lot about past glory. And like he uses the phrase or some version of the phrase either a long time ago or like following breadcrumbs and all this stuff that are like all these time metaphors, like a fucking ton. Like he's always talking about how things were a long time ago. And it makes me really worried about Lexi Lawless, guys. Like I am really concerned that he is not okay. Yeah, I mean, this bummed me out. Like, the, like, except for then, I remember that Alexi Lalas is a fucking like millionaire soccer personality and doing this stupid band as like a fucking midlife crisis passion project. Like, maybe he lost a bet and had to do it though. For freaking ten year, twenty years. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I because he did it. His first solo album. Like, as if this, like, here's what really bums me out. Like, it's a, they call this shit his solo career, even though he's like, he is with a band and he named the band after himself. Like, that's the only reason it's a solo career. It's stupid. And then on top of all of it, like, he, his first solo album was called, I swear to God, Ginger. And it was released in 1998. But the thing that we should say about this album as a whole, right, is what is the most fun about this is it's actually, while it is hilariously bad, it's not like badly played or badly produced. And he actually sings kind of okay. So like it's bad in the best way possible where it's just like the lyrics are super stupid and kind of hilarious. And the soccer metaphors are both obvious and completely incomprehensible. 
Um, yeah. but it's but but it's not bad in the sense that you would you, like if you just played this for me and you didn't tell me it was Alexi Lawless, I would think, oh, that's kind of a garbage band. But I would assume they were a real band, and that's right. what's the most amazing thing. That's totally right. Like this is bad. So Jack, Jack, I think you're the one who posted the who wrote the shit about your girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. I started listening to it and. Three songs in, my girlfriend just put on her headphones and just started watching her show, and she said, I can't listen to this. It sounds like Nickelback. <laughs> well, right, and, like, that's exactly what we're saying. Like, this band is bad, like, a really bad band, and that's what's really impressive. Like, Alexi Lalas clearly put a lot of time and energy and thought into this music, and what he has done is he's managed, I think, possibly to recreate a professional band. The problem is that the band that he's recreated fucking sucks. <laughs> he's just recreated Nickelback, the consensus worst band of the modern era. Right. No, yeah, the worst band of the of the internet era. Exactly. And the funniest thing about it is that like his voice actually does sound a lot like the Nickelback guy. Like all he does kind of sound like Chad Kroger, doesn't he? Just a, right. it's not as raspy, but it's kind of there. I can kind of and see it. He definitely it. has a little bit of that. That kind of yeah. at the end of some of his like his lyrics and shit. I think so it's a, it's that grit and that desire that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Exactly, that's what it is, man. It's all <laughs> well, about those. And that, it's the grit and desire that the modern U.S. men's national team doesn't have that his 1994 version totally had. Exactly. Let's talk quickly about um, one, two of his songs. I wanted to mention "American Outlaw" just because of how funny I think it is that he wrote a you know, kind of upbeat song that actually when you read the lyrics is really depressing about like an unofficial U.S. men's national team supporters group. Like, and I, I know that he knows who they are. And of course I, he does. No, of course. Right. And so yeah. he wrote an entire song, which you're going to hear. Okay. So I'm, we're going to, you're going to be hearing it now. outlaw and like i just wonder whether like he actually thinks about the lyrics that he's writing or if he even writes them at all because like if he really did then like all of these songs man they 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 just they're such a bummer and like this one he was i don't even think he was trying for it to be a bummer but if you actually like listen to the lyrics of this song oh my god like a bummer like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to play the song for the people? Or? Oh, I, I'm going to cut it in. So okay, <laughs> we'll cut it in over that. Cut it over that, and I'm uh, cutting it in because start... I don't want. Yeah. I want them to hear. Like, no, they have to. You have to hear but, the beauty, but, the majesty of the shittiness from this song. But like responding to your lyrics point, like there's a million times I took 
even more detailed notes than I sent you guys, embarrassingly. Well, <laughs> um, no, it's the, good because I just tried Googling the lyrics and they're, they're not really on yo, the internet. Yeah, so that sure. actually is well, something I tried to Someone needs to uh, – No, they're not out there, yeah. But like a million like, times there's lyrics that are just kind of flatly contradictory. Like they just – they're just like oxymorons or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. think he <laughs> does it just to be like – to be like – faux deep like oh there's a deep metaphor there because the original meaning is nonsense but if you read a deeper meaning then Hell it's yeah. something and it actually is just nothing Hell it's yeah. all That's just, exactly it's what just I thought. almost all nonsense it's all it's cliche just back to reducibility yes <laughs> right back yes to oh my god this fucking this band is just like if you turn reducibility's twitter into a fucking alt-rock band like that's what this is that's awesome. Oh, that's like when you guys know Tro Bollins when he does Darren Ravel tweets like yes. to to songs. He is that is one of the world's great Twitter accounts. Everyone should follow him. He's awesome. Uh, another song that you're gonna hear now. So that was uh, Paper Crowns. So Paper Crowns, folks, uh, I think he was actually trying to be a bit more of a bummer with this one, Evan, because literally that whole, the, the whole chorus is like, I, I thought everything was good. I thought everything was happy. And then it just turned out that it, <laughs> it wasn't. I, I was so sad when I listened to this song or finished listening to it because I can just imagine... 40 something Alexi Lawless watching, you know, soccer grow in the United States the way that he probably has always wanted it to and become a real thing just a generation after him. And he thought he had done so much for the sport. <laughs> he thought that he was going to be an American legend forever. He's now better known as a trolley commentator than he ever was as a player. <laughs> And so he looks back from his 40-something-year-old pedestal, looks back at his youth and thinks, I thought I had it all, but it was a paper crown. I had nothing. And he even talks in this song about – so he even talks in this song about how there's like a new guy coming. There's a new king being crowned with lots of promise. And – I can Holy just shit. smell there the dig at Christian Pulisic. He's <laughs> the next big thing, the new guy being crowned. But is his crown paper too? Guess we'll find out. I guess we will find out. I guess we'll he find also, out. <laughs> he also has this nonsense lyric in this song, you can't live up to what you can't live down. Yes, the li yes. The fuck does that mean? I love that bit. I was going to mention it. It's so good. You can't... <laughs> it's it, that That lyric to me is like... The number one thing that defines this band and this album and just Alexi Lala's generally, it's a totally incomprehensible bit of cliche bullshit that 
you say and 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 it actually takes you a couple seconds to realize it was stupid and by that moment like he's moved on to the next thing and like one of my vividest most vivid memories of alexi lalas is actually if you one of the things that he used to do was actually try to be a fucking fucking color commentator during games and it was the single worst experience watching soccer i've ever had was watching with him as color commentator during games and he is what about with gus johnson doing play-by-play gus johnson doing play-by-play and they take the lead oh my god i just well here's the thing what really gets me and we've talked about this i think jack a little bit is that it's amazing how bad ESPN's commentators and like their their series of commentary teams are compared to Fox Sports. Like Fox Sports gets it and they've done a really good job of like really good job. I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but like a good job of like putting together good commentary teams to the point where I don't have to fucking mute them while I'm watching the game, which is how I have to do with fucking I, ESPN. So- a little, a little bit for the listeners at home, a fun story. So I was watching, which year uh, Champions League final was it? It would have been the 2014 Champions League final. Anyway, it was Real Madrid, right? The Real Madrid at Letty Madrid um, yeah, final yeah, with Gabe. No, no, no. And um, he got so annoyed by the American commentators that he turned it off. And then him and Josh, who are both Spanish speakers, turned on the Spanish-speaking commentators, which apparently was a lot better, unbeknownst to me, not a Spanish speaker, um, it, it definitely happened. It was definitely annoying, but, but Gabe, yeah, did not like the, I guess it, who was, who would have been the, it doesn't the, matter. Um, they were terrible. They, they were bad. They were bad. They were very, very unhappy. They were so bad. And I was, you, I, but I Evan, was, that was like, right. As you were getting into soccer, but like, yeah. if you like at that, at that point, I'd like, with your knowledge now we're watching, you would have agreed with us. I promise you ESPN probably, probably fucking but like garbage. 2013 or 2014 me did not understand and totally bailed on that match at halftime. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and that's good because uh, Madrid was down and you would have seen me and Josh have an absolute fucking mental breakdown as it went toward the end. And obviously Madrid won, but like that was that was not good. I, <laughs> that was a match where um, I was like sitting at the edge of my couch, just sitting like, I don't understand why I like sports. Sports are terrible. I hate sports. Why do we care so much about this? <laughs> Oh, it was so good, guys. It was so good. Um, all it right. seems like so long ago. Seems like so long ago. It seems like so now long Diego ago. Diego Costa is coming back. Exactly. And now Diego Costa, it's all coming back. It's all happening again. Except for the fact that Atletico aren't going to be in the Champions League this year. Well, they're just going to have to settle for the Europa League. Exactly. I mean, the Europa League is going to be absolutely lit. And like this is the last I mean, thing I think we should And it's possible about. that they could get a big break and win the championship. That's true. It is. I mean, look, like, fucking the Europa League is going to be lit. It's going to be great. I hope the fucking final is Atletico, you know, BVB. Spurs. Spurs? Spurs oh, are no, going to be I, in I, the... thought you, I thought you meant next year. I was going to say maybe if Spurs can pop Burnley out of six, they'll, they'll make it up to you. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm, just, I'm really upset by that comment, and I'm just not going to say anything about it more than that. <laughs> That's really good. Maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll see Aston Villa back in the Premier League in a few decades. <laughs> I mean, only the best, guys. Only, only the best. Wait a minute. So, Evan, is this you who said is this is this reference to the U.S. soccer presidential race? Oh, that was me. Oh yeah, that was him. <laughs> Wait, can you just expand on that for a second? 
Yeah, um, so we've just been seeing these threads, and when all the candidates will be tagged, and it will say, share your opinion on oh, this, this, yeah. this, whatever. I so I was thinking that. only the best Dude, he's the can, worst. can be in. And it's, I think, yeah. I think on, the, the first, like, 30 you know, seconds of really only the best, like, the intro... Like... The intro to Only the Best is really amazingly terrible just to start with. Like it's a really like fast, almost spoken awesome. word, like like refrain like like lyrics to start. And I totally think that's a great point that it reflects the US soccer presidential race. It's this song about how people only want the best, but they also like for themselves, but they also like only want the best and whoever they're going to be, I guess, presumably partnered with. It's like this whole thing. And it's also, it's kind of on the theme, Hell very yeah. sad theme of not being able to be good enough for your partner. And <laughs> like that's, that's what's going on here. Uh, well, so we'll fade out. We'll fade out to that promoted. song. <laughs> I love that he's doing these tweets, these the fucking insanely self-righteous, like, fucking tweet shit god i fucking i okay so i have a long-term dislike of alexi Lalas. i don't think he's probably he's not a bad person but i hate his media personality and i'm so glad guys that we got to dunk on his unbearably bad album it was it is just so fucking bad i promise i would um, i would hope that listeners would go and listen to the whole thing and tweet at let's fix football and let do, us know yes. which are the shittiest songs which are your least um, favorite we would love to know. Do not pay money for this album. Do it is on Spotify. It's it. on Spotify. It's on YouTube. So, like, if you already have a Spotify account, you can watch it. If not, watch it on YouTube. It's all there. Yeah. All right. Jack, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Anything that uh, uh, our listeners should check out? Uh, no, sadly, I don't have an album. But, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can, you can check out Scouted Says, a podcast I do sometimes for Scouted Football and... Also doing a podcast called We Call It Soccer for football grads. So awesome. we're going to have another one uh, to talk about MLS. Hell yeah. That. That's awesome. All right, everyone check those out. Jack, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been very fun. Uh, Evan, we'll talk next week. Um, and yeah, until then, just keep sending us your shitty tweet or your shitty takes, shitty takes that you found. Um, and definitely follow me um, at Registability. Um, I have like plenty of awesome things to say. I'm very brilliant. Um, and I'm basically Pep Guardiola. So yeah, just follow me. I'm, I'm very cool and normal. Um, all right, man. Great talking to you both. I want you to stay, but you're drifting away. All the crimes and the lies and the promises made. I want to care, but we've seen this act before. Pay the price at whatever the cost. Ignore the breadcrumbs you wind up lost. 